Welcome to Barbell Buddha Rediscovered. I'm your host, Brooks Meadows. If you're listening to this show, you're definitely a fan of Chris Moore, affectionately known as the Barbell Buddha. Since 2013, tens of thousands of people have discovered the astonishing depth of Chris's work through his podcasts and books. Even after his passing in 2016, countless people continue to seek out Barbell Buddha's timeless wisdom, hilarious wit, and unforgettable nuggets and pearls. With the support of Chris's family, Barbell Buddha Rediscovered will take Chris's audience on a journey to reignite his mission of self-realization and exuberant living by plucking out those pearls and nuggets episode by episode to rediscover the amazing work of our buddy, Chris Moore. If you'd like to support the Moors, you can take action immediately by checking out barbellbuddha.com and making a purchase. If you'd like to support this show, please rate us five stars on iTunes or Stitcher, leave a kind comment, and together we'll spread his message to millions more. I hope you enjoy the show. This is Brooks. This is episode 14 of Barbell Buddha Rediscovered. And we are here to discuss episode 14 of Barbell Buddha. And that was called The Tao of Rich Froning. I'm sitting here in my garage. I hate to keep telling you guys about how beautiful it is. But man, Memphis, you are so beautiful today. So because it is so beautiful, I got my garage door up. You might hear a little bit of background noise. But very small price to pay for feeling this good. Um, I wanted to give you a rundown before I get started. The first thing is that I'm going to read Rich's first, excuse me, I'm going to read Chris's first viral article, uh, and it was called The Tao of Rich Froning. It became a chapter in his book, Way Past Strong, and it is the subject of our podcast today. Um, I'm also going to pull a clip from Chris about assumptions and the detriment of grasping, And then I got another clip from Chris about the hero's journey, fear, doubt, and seeing your your real progress. But um, yeah, I want to read this article first. One, it's good practice. Two, it says so much in a short amount of time, and it really sets the, the stage for us to be able to get into some real juicy, meaty topics, um, some things that I hope I can I can share some insight on as well. So let me go ahead and get this book out, and let's see if we can dial that up for you. All right, just, yeah, here, here we go. He starts the chapter off with a quote. It says, let a joy keep you. Reach out your hands and take it when it runs by. And that's by Carl Sandburg. Chris's words here. I've never pictured myself in such an unflattering situation. There I was, shirtless, staring down and mean-mugging another shirtless man. The situation itself wasn't all that unusual. After all, I've been in a few fights in my time. Whether they've occurred on a street or on a playing field, apparel is usually one of the first casualties. I should also add that this wasn't really a fight at all. I was in front of a video camera filming a spoof intro for a TV show, so no, this wasn't much of a fight-or-flight moment. 
I should also add that the other shirtless man wasn't just your average dude. He happened to be, quite literally, the fittest man in the world, Rich Froning, defending CrossFit Games champion. If I could go back in time and share this bit of news with my teenage chubby self, he would absolutely be mortified by my actions and poor decision making. I can easily imagine a fire response along the lines of, You did what? But why? He's got a six pack? Great. To which my current form would respond, Young Chris, trust me. People are going to love this. We arrived at Rich's Garage Gym about 10 o'clock or so in the morning. His hometown, Cookville, is about four and a half hours east of Memphis. You could feel the whole garage buzzing and humming with motion upon approach. Walking inside, there was Rich, hustling through what might have already been his second tough training session of the day. The workout was a combination of push presses and fast meters on the standing ski erg machine. I must have seen him go five or six rounds without a break, but there's no telling how much work was done before we arrived. He welcomed us between ski strokes. Hey, sup guys, come on in. What was far more memorable than that wad was his recovery from it. I turned away from a huffing, completely sweat-drenched Rich to chat briefly with one of the other guys training that day. We couldn't have shared more than just a few lines, really. Just as I turned back a few minutes later, I noticed a completely calm, dry, at-ease Rich casually walking across the gym, stacking plates and cleaning up his mess. In just a few minutes, he seemed to have completely recovered. This incredible capacity is what allows the guy to go then for a quick run, which could easily be a few miles. Then he completes a few more workouts after that. That schedule seems punishing. That actually was the topic of one of my questions to Rich later in our interview. Do you ever get tired of training? It's not even noon and you've probably surpassed what most people do in an entire day, a few times over even. Rich replied, Oh, it's definitely tough. I just don't think people realize what kind of challenge it is. Chris replies, Oh yeah? What do folks say? Well, there's a lot of people who think they'd be great too if all they had to do during the day was train. But they don't realize that I'm out here all day, from 8 or 9 in the morning, all the way to 5 or 6 o'clock at night. It's not easy. It's a full-time job. Hey, I'll be completely honest. Having never met Rich Pryor, I was guilty of some assumptions. First, the line about training full-time has crossed my mind a time or two, but I will say that's completely out of jealousy. There it is. I'm a jealous man. Second, I might have been a bit skeptical of his good guy persona. It's hard not to do so when someone has had so much success so quickly. But I must say, I was completely impressed with Rich's presence and his attitude towards the people in the room. It was evident that he had a very clear vision of where he needed to go and what he needed to do to get there. He knew when his work would increase and when it should decrease. He understood exactly when he and when and what he needed to lift. Still, he trains as he wishes. He lifts what he wants to, he runs and swims when he wants to, and more impressively, he seems to remain completely present in the moment, confident, focused, yet at peace and seemingly unaffected by his success. He didn't feel the need to reach out for anything. With time, incredible talent, and untold hours of brutal training under his belt, he was now in a position to take things as will, at, at will as they ran towards him. My assumptions remind me of a very old Indian proverb about a few blind men who were sent to examine an elephant, all to the king's amusement. One man grabbed the tusks, 
each took his the trunk and the tail, and the last guy rubbed his hands against the animal's side. The men were then asked by the king, Well then, what sort of animal is an elephant? The men replied that the elephant was like a plow, or a granary, or a brush, or perhaps a mortar. The men did as men do when they can't themselves agree on anything. They fight over silly shit that doesn't really matter. But I can at least understand the assumptions that they were making after experiencing just one side of the elephant. It's the kind of thing you believe after looking at a person only through a few dozen sponsorship and endorsement filters. You're not just seeing that you're not seeing the whole picture. You'll never quite appreciate it fully. We're all guilty of this shit. Many are struggling right where they stand. What do you do when you have to some weight to lose or some strength to gain? Well, you look towards someone else who's already got what you want and you seek to do as they do. You naturally start to reach out for it because you've before you've actually really earned anything. It's easy to go too far and rush your development in order to take your premature shot, but what you don't realize is this is the all too common decision that's jeopardizing your success. Yeah, we will and must make better decisions. Listen, you can fight all you want, but nothing's ever going to run towards you until you unclench those fists and learn to let go of that urge. You have to be okay with what you are and where you stand. In the face of everything that's challenging you, judging you, holding you back, or whispering in your ear about how you're not really good enough, you have to remain as you are. You have to remain appreciative of how far you've come in order to get where you'd like to go. I won't bullshit you. Even if you do manage to remain present and patient as your capabilities improve, there's no guarantee that you will ever be half as fit as the champ. But fortunately, for all of us, that's of little consequence. You'll still be aware, happy, balanced, and more successful. That's not a bad deal. Take this with you. Do your very best to maintain balance in life. You should have well-defined aspirations, but you shouldn't try to grab what's not yet within your reach. You are fine right here. Star walking. When the time is right, things will begin to flow towards you, usually just before they start running. Don't entertain the idea of quitting while you're so close. Grind, grind away, put in the work, and be happy about it. When things get tough, remember that there's nothing wrong with being uncomfortable for a while, doubtful, and a bit scared at times. You just have to believe in what you're doing and in the direction that you're heading. Maybe you first have to be willing to grab every part of the elephant, so to speak, before you can move along. Take the time. In the end, the highlight of the day came as Rich and I were wrapping that intro video shoot. Just at the peak of the scene, which we each dramatically raised a giant butterscotch glazed donut and took a giant bite, not unlike something you would see in a professional wrestling match. We finished our pastry, chasing it down with a carton of whole milk. And there it is, the champ, less than a week away from defending his title, taking the time to stop and enjoy a well-deserved donut after yet another workout. That's yin and yang in action. That's my kind of Tao. I love reading that, and, and they, uh, if you don't have the book, go to, right now, stop what you're doing, barbellbooter.com, go buy a copy of Chris's book, what are you doing, if you don't have your, what are you doing, go get it now, but in the chapter, to finish, they have a picture of 
the Barbell Shrug crew. You got Chris, you got Mike, you got Doug, you got CTP. And you also have two very, very chiseled gentlemen, Rich Froning and Dan Bailey. And even though in the book the picture's in black and white, and it's not necessarily super high resolution, all I can see is shredded abs from, from Rich and Dan. Um, so I just, I'm getting a kick out of that as we see. Um, yeah, man, I, you know, Chris was just, his ability to speak his truth uh, is through word is so amazing. I really love it. Um, you know, it, there's so many things to, to tease and pull out of there, okay? Um, and, and, and before I start to do that, I want to get Chris on the microphone to talk about the assumptions and grasping part. And on the other side of that, I'm gonna share. Uh, I'm gonna share two stories with you. So, give me a second. I'm gonna get Chris dialed up here. All right, buddy, take it away. One of the things I also thought about was that looking at back on my own assumption and assumptions people are making. You can see a bit of that even when you look at the comments on that CrossFit Games article. Uh, people have their assumptions. They're always going to have them. And that's fine. But it reminds me of this old uh, Indian parable. Sometimes you see it in the Buddhist literature, sometimes Taoism. I don't think it's a very unique story, but it goes like this, that there was this king who challenged three blind men to, uh, <clears throat> to go grab this elephant and then tell him about it. You know, what, what do you think? What do you think an elephant is? So one blind, blind man grabs the horns, or the tusks of the elephant. One grabs a tail, one grabs uh, an ear. Uh, one grabs the side or kind of rubs his hand alongside the, the animal. <clears throat> so they go, okay, what? tell us what you think. What is an elephant now? You've had a chance to examine it. One guy says, well, an elephant's kind of like a, a plow. And the other one says it's kind of like a granary. It's this big structure that is armored and protects what's inside. The other one says it's kind of like a brush on the end of a pole, the guy who grabs a tail. Uh, I, think the, I can't remember what the guy who grabbed the ear said. But the whole point is that they're all grabbing something different. And in their mind, based on the information they have, they're forming independently a bunch of shitty observations. They, they, are, they are wrong. They, they aren't getting the story right. And the king is obviously amused by that. It's a great, it's a great lesson, man. And no matter what your belief structure is or what you personally accept, uh, those kind of stories just really, really drive home a point. And the point for me was that and here I was, I'd just seen this guy from one side, and I, I couldn't help but make these assumptions. But, you know, it's really, I only had, uh, I only saw Rich from the, the Tusk view, let's say. You know, I saw the, the, the business public persona end. And really, when you see him from all sides, you realize just how much of a great guy he is, how balanced he is, how, how uh, restrained even, and confident. So, you know, I can't say enough. Um, the lesson with that was, man, it's so important to challenge your assumptions about everything. I mean, the, pro the bottom line is whenever you experience anything, when you train, when you meet somebody, when you work, when you think about what it is you need to do and where you want to be in the future, you can't help but have all these little voices in your head telling you all kinds of shit. <laughs> They're saying, oh, man, you know, uh, I don't know if you're really good enough for this or I don't know if you really have the experience. I don't know if you have the time. Uh, you're never going to be as good as that guy. You know, you're never going to have as much, much success or you know, whatever. What, and that causes us to get a little, a little desperate at times. We, and it's a struggle. I mean, we all want to get better. We all want to, to look at a guy like Rich and have it motivate us to be more like that. Maybe not just like him, but we want to be successful. We want to maybe compete and do well. We want to do well in our job. We want to be recognized and have our work 
acknowledged by people. I mean, all these things we want. So we reach out towards those things. We see what we want, we reach for it. It's a natural, you know, a natural habit, a natural tendency. But the problem is when you start reaching too hard, you sort of clench up. When you, when you fight for things with, with closed hands and you struggle, you know, like any other kind of struggle, usually what happens is you stiffen up and you stop moving. And that's really something we have to work on. I mean, if you really want to get to the point to where life starts to, um, to flow towards you instead of you chasing after it, the first step in getting that done is to let go of these, these urges. You know, it's okay to, I don't want to make it sound like having an having objective or having these strong uh, driving forces and these things you want. That's not a bad thing, but it's just how. And the problem is if, you, if you're not willing to just be where you are, to stand right where you are right now and think, through, okay, what's the most important thing I could do now <clears throat> to get to the next level? You know, what, what, what is the, the habit today that will, that will flow into tomorrow and then it will flow into the day after that? Because that's really what sets you on the, on, the, on the correct path. It takes out all the noise. I mean, if all you see is, I want to do that, then you're just looking for the shortest path to that thing. And you think that getting to that spot that you've identified sort of haphazardly and maybe not, not without all the information, and you're grabbing just one side of the elephant, but you think, this is what I want. You know, I believe it. But you don't have enough information yet. You haven't really earned anything yet. And that's sort of, that's sort of a really tough thing to get your head around. Uh, it doesn't seem intuitive that to get what you want, you slow down and you release your hands, but that's really, that's really a secret. If you want to flow uh, along with life and have things brought to you, you've got to let go of those, of those struggles. Ooh, wait, Chris. God, that is some... Um, man, you are speaking some truth, 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 truth bombs right now. Um, shit, man. You're a tough act to follow. I also gotta, I gotta tell you that. Like, I'll play, a, I'll play a clip from Chris, and then I'm like, yeah, I have something to say about that. And then listen to the clip, and I'm just like, ah, shit. <laughs> oh man, no, I, I think I can, I think I can contribute. Here's why I think this is important. I, I think this concept of making assumptions and then either clinching or grasping, whatever word you want to use. I think that it's an important topic because it can be applied to way more areas of our life than we may give it credit towards uh, or even think of, of where to apply it. So I have, I have two things um, that I want to share based on those, those topics, but one of them is going to seem really simple and silly, and then one of them you might be able to relate to because it might be a, your own experience. But the first thing that I want to share about assumptions and grasping and that creating undue stress, it creating undue suffering, uh, and by unclenching or, or, or letting go, we, we can find a, a certain level of ease. Um, and, the, and that is, you know, we, we can apply this to relationships. Um, we can apply it to, you know, of course, like friendships or being in a partnership. Um, but I, I, I've actually had to really think about this when it comes to my relationship with my dog. I have I have a dog. His name is Cash. I have two dogs actually. One of them is Otis. One of them is Cash. Otis is chill as hell. Cash, on the other hand, is what you call a beagle and feist mix. I had never heard of a feist myself before getting this dog, but it's a small little treeing hunting dog. And uh, yeah, so my Cash is is half beagle, half uh, 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 half feist, um, and so. I guess the assumption that I was making when this dog came into my life was that I was going to be able to get him to behave how I wanted him to behave. 
Uh, and, and, and you've probably heard my guy, Cash, uh, he's already made his background debut in this show, if you haven't noticed. If you ever hear a loud bay bark sound uh, that seems to be fainting off in the distance, that's the guy that we're talking about. And just that exact circumstance, him barking out and doing his, his dog thing, and it showing up into my podcast... Oh man, I clench my fist, I clench my teeth, I get so angry, and I just want to explode from the inside out. Now, like I mentioned, the assumption that I'm making is that I'm going to be able to get cash and do what I want. The grasping, the grasping is, is me getting upset when all he's really doing is acting within his nature. So the question that I had to really tackle was... How long am I going to suffer that the world has not bent to fit the way I would like to see it, which in this case is my dog shutting the hell up regularly in the morning. Dude's already ready to chase some squirrels up some trees. It's before my alarm is going off, and very few things get me more sour than getting woken up before my alarm. Uh, for all the parents out there, they're probably laughing hysterically at me right now. But as a, um, a committed relationship, yes. A uh, 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 caretaker of two two dogs, yes. But no children of my own. That that may sound like a a silly silly notion, and and, and truthfully, it is. But me trying to shape his behavior, I missed all of these amazing qualities that I could take to learn from him. And and for me, um, he has become this like in life consistent practice of letting go, of letting go of the result. Um, because this dog, like it or not, his entire he lives and breathes chasing shit up trees and barking his fucking ass off. Like that's why he is on this planet. And the more I start to recognize that he is only acting in accordance with his true nature, it, it actually encourages me day by day to let go more often and to quit clinching at how I'd like the world to be um, and, and to stop making these assumptions that I'm, I'm the most, I'm the powerful being that gets to shape every single thing around him to his liking. That may sound like a stretch, but really... How often do you find yourself in agony or suffering about the way that others behave around you? Um, because the truth is, um, the only thing that you're in charge of is your own reactions to the things around you, and you are not in control of the things around you like you'd hope to be. So you don't have to go around huffing and puffing when things don't act and go your way. You do not have to try to get others to bend to your will, especially not um, by forcing them to do what you want. So practice in your relationships using this uh, uh, model of you know noticing when you're making assumptions and, and really noticing the suffering that we cause ourselves by grasping. The other story that I wanted to tell that I feel like can help draw some clarity on this message too um, is, is being a fan of Barbell Shrugged. Uh, uh, when when we when we became fans, or when I when I became a fan, I don't want to I don't want to speak. I'm I'm not sure when everybody found Chris, but um, although I had access to these guys early, it wasn't until 2013 that they seemed to be more in the quote you know viral status. Most people knew who they were. Many 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 people were now listening and tuning into their show from all over the world. And so the assumption that I made then, uh, and I think many of us made, is is that like. 
because they sounded very much like people that we would hang out with. Yes, they were a little bit smarter. They had they had a lot of academic uh, uh, background that many of us may not have. Um, but just their being, the way that they acted, like they just felt like you know, like we were one of the guys. You know that that was their appeal was that we felt like we could just hang out in the room with them and, and just be one of the guys. But so so that that ease that they brought into their their work, um, which sounds like just a bunch of dudes hanging out and talking shit and talking shop. Really, I, you know, I made the assumption that I was just as capable of, of doing what they were doing and that you know, in some way they, they were only now viral and notorious because they had a, a stroke relation, like a stroke chance relationship with, with Rich Froning. Now, of course, um, you know, the, the grasping here is that like, I wanted to be notorious or well-known. Um, but, but the truth was, you know, the Chris's viral success or Barbell Shrug's viral success. You know, let's just take Barbell Shrug for example. You know, they they work on Barbell Shrug week in and week out for for years before people actually started to tune in on a broad. Uh, once they like, you know, before they hit the tipping point of becoming the entity that they are now. Um, you know, Chris's viral quote unquote success of this article, the Dow of Rich. Um, you know, this is coming five or six years into Chris's writing on, on a blog. I mean, he's been, he's been contributing to a blog like basically week in and week out for, for five or six years before it receives any sort of notoriety. So, you know, the, the, the assumption, just like Rich, uh, Chris made assumptions about, about Rich, the assumption is that we can, we can just do what they do and that especially that they're, that they're suddenly suddenly popular and that it was kind of like this acute sensation that happened overnight but you know the truth is and this is why I loved Chris's podcast and and uh, this is why I've really liked getting to know um, some of the Barbell Shrug crew is that you know these guys put in some fucking work and not only put in the work they put in the work for very little notoriety or appreciation for years on end and it's because they had this burning sensation, this desire um, to, to bring this to the world. And the more I find myself doing things in order to try to receive notoriety or even trying to receive, you know, like money, trying to create products because I hope people will buy it. And the, and the further I get away from doing things because they fucking fire me up like this podcast. Like the further I get away from that, the 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 more out of the Dow, the middle way that I get, the more I start to clinch and to grasp and the more I start to suffer. So um, yeah, if you find yourself grasping, if you find yourself suffering internally, pause for a moment, take the practice to like, what assumptions am I making? Right. I'm actually um, I'm actually doing a I want to share this. Great. This is a good opportunity. I'm actually doing a relationship coaching program um, with my fiance, Hallie, and we're actually doing it with Mike Bledsoe's wife, Ashley, Ashley Bledsoe. And it's called the communication code. And, you know, one of the things that we were talking about is that, you know, when we are having our assumptions about other people, when we start to become when we start to feel that suffering come into the inside, what we're really doing is it's our internal self like having an argument with reality, and that is what's causing causing the suffering. Our interpretation of what we believe things should be and our noticing of what they are are at odds. And if we're always leaning in on what we believe that should be the case, 
the more suffering and the less likely we are to see things for how they actually are. So I want to share another clip and this goes into the assumptions and the grasping and it's just going to pick up where we where we cut Chris off just a moment ago but you know it's it's it, it, we'd like to believe that like we can get past this assumption and grasping phase and everything's just going to be all rainbows and sunshine but the truth is everything is going to come in waves it's a constant practice of catching ourselves making assumptions uh, 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 and 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 finding ourselves grasping at at what we want so this is going to this next clip is going to be about doubt and fear and and seeing your real progress so i'm going to step back out of the way i'm going to get chris back on the mic and i'll talk to you guys in just a second now here's the moment where i'll kind of i guess say the hard part about all this um it's not like when you you learn to believe in yourself you sort of have this this awareness come over you it's not like at that point the clouds part and you see the light and you know exactly what you need to do the truth is that on any journey you take, you're going to be a bit fearful and doubtful. You, you know, you're not going to always feel like you're good enough. You're not always going to feel like this is a good idea. And that's, that's natural. It's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to suffer a little bit. Because that's all just a, a very acute feeling. When you, when you step back, you, then only, you only then get an idea about how far you're really moving daily. Uh, even now, I can, I can look at that CrossFit Games post I go, wow, it's really cool that somebody read what I wrote and they thought it was a good representation of Rich and they thought it could help people, so they posted it. Now, all these people who have never fucking heard of Chris have, are seeing that, and that's obviously good for me. It, it allows me to share my perspective of my philosophy with just more people, and I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. But, you know, it's not just I just got lucky now and, and acute, had this acute stroke of luck and people could see this. No, I mean, I've been writing this silly little blog. Uh, if you count what I did on the the old Faction SC uh, CrossFit Memphis page, and it's been, I don't know, five, six, seven years of just going, you know what, I need to just write these things. I feel like it's important that I write, even if it's just a paragraph, you know, every day. And at first, I, I did not think that anything I was putting together was worth a shit. <laughs> I mean, you would read it, you would read it, you would read it, you'd be like, God, it seems so painful. Is anybody going to like this? Then you post it, you stick your neck out, uh, three or four people read it who are, who are close to you and go, yeah, it's really good, man. I think you should keep it up. And you don't believe that. But something in the back of your head's like, you should just keep at this, man. Just keep doing it. Just keep working. You know, the same thing is true of, you know, losing weight. Day by day, you just feel fat. <laughs> when you look at the, the diet food you prepare, no matter what it is, you go, man, I just, all I feel is the fat I've still got to lose. And the same thing is true in, in the gym. You go, man. I, I love it. I guess I'm making. I'm getting stronger. But look at all these guys around me. Look how. Look at that guy crush Fran. I'm fuck. I can't even do anything like that. But what you don't see is that stepping back. Look, you've already come so far. And what you don't realize is that the habit of just showing back up. If you just keep preparing that meal, if you just keep hitting the gym, assuming you have a decent training program and you believe in yourself. In my case, I just kept typing this silly little paragraph, and after a while. Uh, you forget about really what you're, you're wanting out of it, and you just keep the focus on helping people, even if it's just five people who read something that you like. You, you keep the focus on losing the five pounds at a time in, in those one- or two-month stretches where you, know, you can keep your head around that kind of timeline. You keep at it. And what happens? Eventually, you just wake up and go, wow, I've come really far. 
You didn't have to reach and grasp at anything. You didn't have to force your path. And probably what happens most of the time is that you end up in a different place than you thought possible. Either you're further ahead than you thought you would get, or you're on a completely different trajectory that in reality you love even more. Uh, but you're never going to get there by forcing it. You're never going to get there by not sticking with it. You can't fucking entertain the idea of quitting every time things get hard and when you start suffering. No, I mean, if you have to suffer for a year to break your bad habits and build new ones, and that's what you do. You keep walking. You keep pursuing flow. You unclench, unclench those tired fists you've got. You quit the fight. You learn to let go. You, know, you learn to let the world come to you. It may take a long time, but it will happen. It's just, I don't have any doubt about that. It's happened for me. I've, I've seen it happen for countless other peoples or people. Um, and the most important thing is it's okay if you don't necessarily feel so damn confident what you're doing. It's okay if you doubt. It's okay if you're scared and unsure. You've got to keep standing right where you are. You've got to be who you are. And the steps will take you to where you want to go. In five years' time, you won't recognize yourself if you, if you remind yourself daily that you are aware and you can do better. Now, with that said, are you ever going to be <laughs> as fit as fucking Rich Froning? Uh, I don't think so. Now, maybe if you're... Um, a competitive crossfit you happen to be listening to me right now, you may actually make this reality. But, of course, it's far, far from a guarantee, right? The guy is fucking amazing. I can't promise you that. But I can promise you that if you stay aware, if you stay grounded, if you stay balanced, then you are going to amaze yourself with what you'll be able to accomplish in just maybe a year's time. You know, I, with that kind of behavior and that kind of attitude towards improving and staying who you are, uh, I've seen that play out a bunch of times now, maybe 15 times. Where I've seen people just try to do that. And just in a span of one year, which is nothing, in that span of one year, they totally change the human being. So just to recap, man, I, I'm really fortunate to have had the opportunity to, 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 to hang out with that guy for those hours, to, to see where he lives, to witness firsthand what he's doing to prepare for this competition and to to make a run at, at repeating for the third time. I mean, that's fucking amazing. I wish I could be there, but uh, we have a commitment in Colorado. Uh, Mike and CTP will be there. Maybe they'll get some cool footage and maybe get to, to hang out with Rich again, maybe talk to him about what it feels like to win a third. Uh, I hope he does. I mean, I'm, I'm cheering for him. But I'll close this, this podcast out with just the perfect little, little story. It's a short thing. It's just a summary point. But, you know, here is this guy. He's a champ. He's got all this money on the line. He's going to go out there to try to win another 300 grand and secure another year's worth of really awesome sponsorship deals. And he's really making a great life for him and his lovely wife. Uh, it's really great. But in, a week away from this competition, this huge event, they don't get any bigger for, for all of us. He took the time in between workouts to sit down with us and me and split a donut on camera and eat one more and drink a pint of milk and just be in that moment to say the, most, the coolest thing I do right now is just to share some time with these guys who came up to see me, eat the donut, drink the milk, uh, and be happy with it. Not overthinking all the details, not forcing anything, not, not unsure of himself for a split second. Just saying, the coolest thing I can do right now is just eat this donut and be happy about it. So really in that sense, what you've got is a guy who perfectly embodies this yin-yang philosophy. He's, he's intense and works hard when that's the most important thing. And after that's done, when, the, when time comes from the softer side, there it is. He'll eat the donut, he'll laugh, and he'll take himself very, very unseriously. So I think that's just, I mean, there's so many lessons in this story that it just, I'm going to have to go back and read my own words two or three times. 
it's, it's my kind of Tao. It's my kind of personal philosophy and guiding, guiding force. I see that in Rich, and I wish him all the best. So, Man, I freaking dig that, dude. Um, getting to that, that closer about the, the being, being there and being able to enjoy the donut. Like, uh, yeah, man, I, you know, when I, I, I too fall into this trap of really being overcritical about my progress, uh, or where I, what I sometimes perceive is lack of progress. Um, but you know, when, when you do take a bird's eye view and, and you look back on, you know, for me, it's physical development. You know, my, my real head down pursuit, I've always pursued skills and sports. So I, I've loved learning process. But for me, the path towards like developing my physical body, my physical self to be stronger, faster, bigger, you know, that started 15 years ago, you know, 2004. And I remember starting out having these aspirations to be this particular body you know of course it came from a place of not feeling that I was enough it came from a place of you know desiring to be something that I wasn't but still I I had this urge to to go for it and to try and to keep trying and um, although uh, you know basically at every turn for the first seven or eight years of this journey um, eight even nine years of this journey I was expecting and hoping to look a particular way and it really it wasn't until about you know 2013 maybe even close to 14 where I when I looked in the mirror it was actually the person that I had envisioned being Um, and it came with a whole lot of questioning about purpose because even though I had achieved the physical body in one in one sense I wasn't fulfilled but at the same time I then was able to look back and go oh wow like all of the work that I've done, it you know, I'm I'm where I I'm where I desired to be, and it didn't have to come with all of the struggle and the desiring to be there much faster. And so, I always think about that when people come to me with those goal, those same goals. I see it in other people all the time, and I know that the best I can do is just offer them some guidance. That you know, um, day by day, you you don't think about how much you're changing um, because it doesn't you don't have a, a far enough away view to actually give yourself any credit so with the physical development for me you know it's it's 15 years and I'm, I'm still learning and I'm still going for it and I'm still putting my head down and, and, and pushing forward day by day and and uh, it's a good reminder also to with my training don't rush you don't have to have all the skills tomorrow you can just keep going. And when it comes to my, my professional development, you know, I'm, I'm even harder on myself. Um, you know, I, I really didn't make the decision to go in on coaching into 2012 when I got my level one in, in the CrossFit system. And, you know, uh, I, and it was pretty much then that it was just like, you know, the, the gym, like I'm going to be a gym owner. I just had the calling and I started shaping my life to accommodate that. I was coaching for free after a full-time job working in tourism for the city of Memphis. And I was just doing it day by day for nothing because I, I wanted to. I wanted to work with my best friend. I wanted to help an old friend. Like the, 
I didn't need the immediate gratification of money or, or, or the exchange of money. It just that was the thing that I w- wanted to do. And I can I made assumptions about how I was going to get there, and I acted in accordance with those assumptions. And time after time after time, I was I was wrong about what the outcome was going to be. Yet even still, because I continue to make the attempt to make the best decision that I can from a place of the journey, from a place of that internal calling, that's where I find that I'm most in line with my true nature and most in line with my true path. Now, my challenge is to not grasp and to catch myself making assumptions before I can start to create that undue suffering of feeling like I have to be somewhere before, before I am. And I guess the, the hope is that we can get to a state like Rich where we can take that time in the moment to stop and be with the people that are there to see us and to be with us and to give them 100% of our focus and to smile and to do it with gratitude and, and to eat the fucking donut and drink the milk. Um, how many times in our life are we, are we skipping out on those moments, you know? It's not just the donut and the milk, it's the moment. How many times are we missing that donut and milk of the moment, you know, because we're grasping to all these other things? Um, I know that it's definitely one of the most challenging things that I've ever done. Um, and Chris, like a good buddy, is there to shine a little light on some of the things that I've been experiencing. And I hope to only just throw the shine back on him and say thank you but also share from my own personal voice because uh, who knows, maybe, maybe you got something out of this that you wouldn't have gotten hadn't I talked about it from my perspective. So that's the hope, and that's where I'm going to close the show. I appreciate everybody's support. Thank you to everybody who's been reaching out about the last couple of episodes. I, I, uh, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the engagement, and I will talk with you next week for episode 15. See ya!